Welcome to the Agree to Disagree show, a show that discusses news, politics, and pop culture with your host, Luigi C. I want to see how many people I can agree to disagree with. We will try to solve life's great mysteries. Why is the sky blue? Why do we lean left or right? Why are we all nuts? Let's start the show. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to episode 48 of the Agree to Disagree show, where we discuss current events, politics, pop culture, and social issues. Let me remind you tonight, we are streaming live on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter as well. So you have you have no excuse. You could go anywhere to see it. I hope you're all doing well this evening. Guys, I encourage you to send in your questions, your comments for our guest this evening. I promise you it's going to be uh, a really, really fun evening, and I think we're going to we're going to we could learn a lot tonight, okay? So before that, I just wanted to mention my sponsors. And uh, this episode is brought to you by our main sponsor, CigarNights.com, where all you cigar aficionados can get all your cigar accessories. And as you can see, I'm wearing their cap here, CigarNights.com. So check it out. And as well, Audible.com. Audible is the leading provider of spoken word entertainment audiobooks, ranging from bestsellers to celebrity memoirs, news, business, and self-development. Actually, funny self-development, which we're going to talk about tonight. And sign up now for your free 30-day trial and free ebook on clicking on the link in the show notes uh, at audible.com backslash agree to disagree. Let me put the banner at the bottom of my show notes. Here it goes. So without further ado, I'm going to bring in our guest this evening. Tonight's guest is a fellow Canucker out of Edmonton, Alberta. Uh, he is a coach, author, keynote speaker at Kellen Fluckiger International and the host of your Ultimate Life podcast. Let's give a round, beautiful welcome to Kellen. Bring him in the studio here. Kellen, how you doing? I'm fantastic tonight. Thank you for having me. And the first thing I want to do is honor you for taking the effort and time it takes to produce a show and trying to do something that adds good to the world. Good for you. Thank you so much. And I know that you could appreciate that, right? I absolutely do it. It's the only thing I do is try to help people discover who they really are and then live into that divine potential. I love, I love this, uh, I love this subject tonight. When I came across you, and uh, I started using this this uh, Facebook group where we could find potential guests, and I and it came across your profile, and I was like, whoa, okay, I gotta have him on, um, because as I, I find myself, Kellen, as I get older, I, I find myself asking me this question. And, and I'm hoping you could really help me with this and all my viewers and listeners is what is my purpose in life? But before we get into that, okay, I just want to know, I what you know, let's tell our, our listeners and our people watching on YouTube, on Twitter, on Facebook, what led you to this transformation, this awakening in your life? And, and who is Kellen? Today... <laughs> Kellen is the ultimate catalyst for personal transformation. I help people end addiction to mediocrity, especially those who have massive hardballs from life thrown in the mix, but have decided they won't be defined or limited by those things. That isn't who I was always. I've been this coach, 
and so forth for the last 13 to 14 years. In 2007, I ended a 30-year career with a dramatic departure from the industry I was in. A dramatic series of life events created a complete upheaval. I ended decades of depression and addictions and all kinds of stuff. I had basically a divine intervention that caused a complete turnaround and have dedicated my life since that time for the last 14 years. And literally everything I do is to help people figure out who they really are and live into that truth. Wow. Um, There's so much to, I I love what you said there. You said uh, this addiction to mediocrity. And as I said before, this is one of the reasons why I want to speak with you is uh, as I get older, I find that we, we all have to find our purpose in life because I, I guess, I don't know why, I guess maybe this is, maybe you're going to tell me, you know, Luigi, maybe you did find your purpose in life by, by starting this podcast or trying to sell these messages. But I, I still feel that I'm not sure. I'm not sure if, if that is my true purpose in life. So I'm so intrigued to see um, how, how do you help people unlock that and, and, what exactly do you offer to these two, and and how do you how do you do it? By the way, in, in terms of what is what is encompassing at uh, Kellen Fluckiger International? Well, since I began coaching and started building this coaching practice fourteen years ago, uh, I stumbled around a bit. I discovered I actually had a talent for writing. I started writing books. I have now fifteen that I finished, and I have seven more underway. Wow. Um, But it's all about one thing, which is you mentioned that I have a podcast and it's funny how that started at the beginning of the pandemic in March of 2020. Somebody went right when the lockdowns are starting and everybody's Mm -hmm. like, ah, Um, so a guy who knows me called my wife, who's my business partner, and said, so does Kellen have a podcast? Because he was looking for some motivational stuff. Right. And we didn't. But she said, yes. And then she came down <laughs> downstairs and said, we have a podcast. <laughs> and so I decided if I was going to do it, then I was going to do it. So we went all in and it's a daily 15 minute podcast. And I just released a recorded episode, uh, 573. Yes. 573 yesterday. And it's dedicated. And this gets to the answer to your question. The name of the podcast is Your Ultimate Life. And I define that as a life of purpose, prosperity, and joy that you create by serving with your divine gifts. And so the best answer I can give is you just start doing things that serve others with love and with as much empathy, forgiveness, and uplift as you can bring. And as you do that, and what I also help my clients do is learn to meditate, to be still, to learn to cultivate their intuition. You can figure out what your purpose is. Like you don't find it by digging in the yard. You know, you don't go on a safari and find your purpose behind a bush or down in the hole in the ground. You find it by action. You find it by bringing intention and love to that work. So let's talk a little bit since you did mention it. Uh, I, I took, I take a look at your, I took a look at your podcast, your ultimate life. 
And first of all, a few things stood out to me is how prolific that is. How do you manage to do that <laughs> every day? I, I have trouble with one a week. <laughs> uh, so, so that I commend you for that. But but uh, how how do you do that? That's my first question. And and uh, another one that I came across because I listened to to quite a few. I don't remember how many I, I listened to in preparation for this episode was I loved one sentence you said. And it struck me so deeply by, and I, I don't think people will will appreciate uh, the importance of this phrase by say, by saying, who limits the joy that you have in your life? Wow. It, it's so simple, but so heavy at the same time. So, well, I don't, I don't record it every day. So I usually, I do two or three episodes at a time. Okay. I have an intro and outro. I happen to have owned a recording studio for 40 years. So the audio sweetening intro outro, that's like breathing. I use Adobe audition and I record an episode and then I put the front end back end on a boom down mm -hmm. and it's finished. Yeah. So I'll do two or three in a day and I get about eight or 10 ahead. And sometimes I get behind or I don't, I think we've missed a few days when we moved, but very few, as evidenced by 573. It'll be two, two years, <laughs> yeah. I think, the 1st of April. But anyway, and I don't know if we'll be quite to 730, but close. Wow. Uh, the answer to your question is this. This is a, was a difficult thing for me to understand. And when I did, it made the truth of that question evident. So often we get stuck in the idea that stuff happens to us. The bank did this or the government did that or COVID did this and all these external things do stuff to us and it blocks us from having what we want. And if we could just get all that stuff out of the way and if God didn't make this hard and if the government, you know, if that out there and the truth as hard as this is to accept, is that you create exactly what you have. You can be happy no matter what the hell's going on around you. That is yeah. your choice and your life. And so the question who limits your joy is to get someone to say or to realize the only reason my joy and happiness is limited is because I choose to limit it. Well, on that on that, just to, to elaborate on that is, and correct me if I'm wrong, um, do you think that people in general that are, in, especially in relationships, that in the maybe not purposely or or shouldn't shouldn't blame their partner for for basically sucking the life out of them or limiting the joy or limiting them in terms of what they want to do in their lives? Do you think that a lot of people use that as an excuse um, to, to get away with it? Because, for example, if, you know, Kellen, I don't know how I would feel or if I would be doing this podcast if I didn't have my wife that supports me 100% in whatever makes me happy and the joy that this podcast doing it and meeting amazing people like yourself, for example. I don't know if if... I would be able to do this if I had a spouse that didn't support me and say, you know what, Luigi, I don't care. Whatever you do, do it. You're a good father. You're a good husband. 
Well, do you what know, brings you joy? Yeah, there's no question. So I'm going to be real realistic. Yeah. If your parents or your siblings or your spouse or your kids or your job <clears throat> take up so much attention and time that and you allow that, here's the thing. When people say to me, I had no choice. Hmm. I cringe every time I hear that because wherever you are, you agreed to be there. And I'm not talking about if you're in jail or I have a story about that in a minute, but Mm -hmm. almost everywhere you are, you agreed to be there. You agreed to be in a relationship. You agreed to be a parent. You agreed all that stuff. The only thing you didn't choose is the family you were born into. And so you have a choice. You can get to, I had no choice. This relationship is keeping me captive. Or you can reaffirm your choices. I made this choice. I'm living into. I love this choice. I've never met a couple where someone says to me, um, my spouse won't let me X without understanding that the spouse feels not supported. You can't control what someone else does. So what I would say, let's pretend for a minute, your spouse didn't support you. If you were my client, what I would say is, Ouija, where are you not supporting her? Where are you being frustrated, negative, withholding, and and showing up like that for her? So let's work on that. You be the most loving, supportive, all in, go for it person. And we would get specific and name things and we would check it week after week after week. And I can guarantee you one of two things would happen. If that person was a narcissist, selfish, and didn't really care about you, then they would take all that and screw you anyway. And in which case, then you need to ask yourself, do I want to continue to reaffirm my commitment to this relationship? Mm -hmm. More than likely, what would happen is they would return. They would see that as an opportunity to be gracious and they feel supported. When you feel supported, you feel like sharing and giving. And so yes. that would be the way to, you, you, you know, it's not about getting them to do this. It's about loving them enough so they're thrilled to do it. I, I just, I'm going to reiterate again. And from what, what I took from there, which again, uh, and I, it's amazing, Kellen, is what I learned in so many different episodes. It's crazy. Is again, simple, but so what, if I could tell again, say, reiterate, say, anyone that is not feeling supported, ask yourself the question, are you being supportive to be supported? Right? How can I expect my wife to support me with my dreams and my endeavors and everything I want to do in life if I'm not supporting in anything that she wants to do or just helping her or supporting her in different ways, right? Supporting her, whatever, just helping around the house or whatever it may be, right? Or, or, so th- that is so true, but I think that we need those reminders, right, Kelly? Because you're automatically going to go to the negative. Oh, well, he's not supportive of, of my dreams. She's not supportive of my dreams. So we do, and we, you know, we go at, at relationships like 50-50, and I'll do this if you do that, and everything's tit for tat. You know, it's a good thing God doesn't treat us like that, <laughs> because if, if he did, we'd be screwed. For sure. So the answer is go all in or get out of the relationship. Reaffirm, go all in and stop doing it to get something. Do it because that's who you choose to be. I can't control anybody else, but I can choose to be the person 
because I said so. I'm going to be fully supportive. I'm going to be kind no matter what. I'm going to forgive no matter what. Why? Because I want to. That's who I want to be. Okay. But like, who can deny you that? Yeah. You, you, you basically could only, you could choose what you want to be and you choose what you're going to accept, right? That's right. I, that's, that's so true. But I find that, Kellen, is that people get so in that rut, get trapped and saying, well, this is my destiny. Um, this is how it's going to be. Like you said before, I'm going to blame the world and everything went around me. And she or he's shooting down my dreams. And it's not myself, you know, because I'm going to relate this to, I always share this because if if I could just one person, you know, the the, the whole the old adage, if I could one person support them or 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 give them that that energy and that motivation that they need is if I heard if, or if I listened to everybody Khan, that said to me, "Oh, Luigi, why are you doing this podcast? Why are you putting yourself out there? Why are you opening up yourself to scrutiny?" Well, guys, that's my decision. I'm going to deal with it. But if I would have listened to all the naysayers, Kellen, then I wouldn't I wouldn't be at episode 48. I wouldn't feel like I'm actually maybe doing a difference. And maybe, maybe, and, and maybe you're going to be able to do this by the end of this episode, saying, is this my purpose in life? Well, and I already know that it's part of your purpose. I know your purpose is to figure out how to serve and bless the lives of those around you. The way that you do that is the unique gift that you have. Part of it may be a choice to produce audio and video for people to encourage. Part of it may be other ways. You, you're, you know, you're married to someone. You have a spouse. Maybe they have things that you are, in fact, supporting. Your spouse, you said, is supporting you. The choice that we make as human beings to live in a place of love and support of those around us is the most important choice we can make. I don't mean be a doormat. I don't mean ignore what you're doing. I'm talking about using the gifts that you were given with openness and love to create good and support for others around you in the world. So let me ask you, why why do you think why so many people never fulfill their potential because i've always i've always thought and i said isn't it a shame that the world doesn't know about that uh 15 or 18 or 20 year old that is such an amazing hockey player isn't it a shame that little girl sitting in some little village has a such a beautiful voice because i love music so much but they just were never found the platform or never had the courage to fulfill their potential or never had the chance why do you think there's so many people that don't have that courage to try to fulfill their potential well you've given the answer already the naysayers <laughs> around us there's two things number one we live in a world that builds barriers the we rank everybody at school and in sports and everything. Oh, you're good and you suck. You're okay and you're not. And so we come to a place where we we believe, we begin to believe, oh, I can't do that. 
And we don't really even know why, but we have this input and this frame. Only a certain number can do that. It's only, you know, you can't win. You can't get there. It's too hard. You didn't get the breaks. You don't know the right people. But it's all these external things. So that's one reason is we have a lot of external pressure that creates the idea that most people can't do whatever that thing is. Mm. And most people just buy into that. And I call it a context straight jacket. Hmm. Now, everybody knows what a straight jacket is. And the reason I call it a context straight jacket is the word context is a, a collection of things, your beliefs, your definitions, your experiences, your expectations, and your perceptions. I call that your B-deep because that's the acronym, right? Mm-hmm. And it forms this this prison that we all live in because we think that's how life works. Like we didn't sail when we thought the earth was flat. (laughs) We live in this prison of what we believe we can't do until we don't. And most people go through all or most of their lives before they realize the straitjacket is of their own making. So the fundamental answer, why do we settle for crumbs, is we don't believe. So instead of settling for the crumbs, and let's say you want the entire slice of pizza, instead of just, you know, I love that analogy. Uh, If we want the entire, how do we overcome this, Kellen? How, how, what, what are some of the things that you do in your coaching? How does a human, how does a person learn to, to tap into that you know for example let's say for example someone that was was told all their life by their parents you're not good enough just to go back to what you said before you're not good enough your teachers told you you weren't smart enough um your boss says you're not good enough you're, you're not doing a good enough job how that you know that is that is because i, I understand that one affects the other right it's just a, it's just a chain effect how do you break that chain how do you break that chain well he- there's multiple parts. Most people, uh, when I meet people, I would say that probably 90% that of people that I meet aren't willing to be coached. And I mean, really coached hard to get to those goals because it is too hard to do the work. I'm not even going to pretend that overcoming longstanding programming, you're not good enough. It's a simple thing to do. It was that very programming for all my childhood. I was raised Mm -hmm. in a religious fanatic home and a lot of abuse that today would be felony child abuse. And I would have been removed from the home. Wow. I came away believing I wasn't good enough. And I spent all, even after I left home, I had internalized it so deeply. I spent all of my adult life until I was 52 trying to prove that I was okay to my mom. And I thought if I just kept making more money, so I made a lot of money, but I hated myself because I was not good enough. So I ended up getting married and divorced three times. I ended up being in and out of rehab. I ended up being struggling with addiction and massive depression for decades, even though on the outside, it looked like massive success behind the scenes. It was like, holy cow. (laughs) So, uh, you know, I'm that guy couple of movies worth easy. And so it's difficult. So you said, how do you do that? Step one is you have to want to do that more than anything in the world. 
You can't. That, that has to be. I'm doing it no matter what. I don't know how, but I'm taking the levers of my life back. I am. That's I'm done. I don't care what it is. I don't care what mountain I got to climb. I don't care how I got to bleed. I'm done. I'm done with this. Mm -hmm. That's number one. Number two is then you go get the help you need. I didn't do that. I spent all those decades hiding and thinking you can't talk to anybody and it's wrong and I need to handle this myself and it's my fault and all of the rest of the nonsense. You can't do that by yourself. Nobody ever got to the top of anything alone. So you got to want it more than you want to breathe. You got to get the help you want, and then you got to go at it a little at a time and keep going until you get there. I, I can't, I can't overemphasize the importance of step two, Calvin. And, and I've shared this on my podcast before, and I have no shame in saying this, that, and I, I'm sure like millions of other Canadians and Americans and people all over the world at, through this COVID, what we've been through. And it's affected everybody's mental health. And you know what, Kellen? The best thing I did was pick up that phone and speak to a therapist. Just to just just to see how I was feeling. I was a I'm a very sociable person. I need to be around my friends and family uh, and colleagues. And and I wasn't getting that. And it affected me deeply, deeply, or to the point that it was it was affecting the type of father and husband I was being. I was being mean, short, uh, short-tempered. It was not fair to them. It was not fair to my family. So those two conversations, just two, Kellen, that I had, I wouldn't say changed my life, but changed my perspective. I'm like, you know what? It just goes to say, it just confirms what you just said. No one, and I'm sure all these people, all the most famous people, all the most successful people, and, and I put this in parentheses, have all gotten there by a by a little bit of a tap on the shoulder and a little bit of help by talking to someone. I, I truly believe that. And I and I agree with you hundred percent. Yeah, I would even go further and say a lot of help. Like the most important thing I did was not only therapists, which I needed for depression, but to get a coach. Like if you want to get to the top, whoever got to the Olympics without a coach, whoever got to Broadway, whoever got to the top of anything, even discovering your divine gifts and talents. Yeah. Like what is this nonsense about somehow I have to do this alone? What are you smoking? Get some help. <laughs> get a coach if you want to go there. If you want to be satisfied with mediocrity, most people are. They just sort of settle for what's easy and obvious. If you, me, somebody decides, you know what, I'm not that. I'm going to be extraordinary. Okay, then go get some help to get there. That is, that's a great, again, a, a, another great point because uh, I could, I could relate as well because late in life, I'm 46 now. And the last couple of years I've, I've become uh, friends with my, my business partner and, and I consider him a mentor. He's a little older than me, but this man has such a fantastic view on life, Kellen. And he says, you know what, Mo? I'll try anything, any business. I don't care. What's the worst I could do? It fails. And Kellen, whatever he's tried, he has his fingers. He's like an octopus in everything. Whatever he's done, he's been successful at. Wow. So I've met him. And since I've met him, my wife's like, you're not the same person. Luigi. <laughs> says, Why? What's, what's the worst that could happen? I tell her. What's the worst? I, I learned something new. I fail at it. Who cares? I, I'll, I'll just... I bounce back up. I had that character. So sometimes you need that person. I consider him a coach. I do consider him like a coach. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I don't ha- I don't have the least hesitation about saying, yeah, of course, I hire coaches. Of course, I hire coaches. Why? Because I want to get to the top. I, I want to get where I want to get. And I want. Yeah, of course I do. So so why? You know, what? it's it's I'm, I'm happy you brought that up is why have you seen? I would say maybe. And again, you could correct me on that. I would say the last five years, such a, a, a growth in, in people that I, I, I speak to. A, yes, I have a coach. I'm talking to a coach. So many people. Why is it now so mainstream or acceptable? Why is it that growth? And, and also, what should we be careful when we're deciding on a coach? What should we look for when deciding on if we're, gonna, if we're ready to take that step to hire a coach? So there's a couple of things. Lots of people just go say I'm a coach. There's lots of yeah. sucky there's lots of sucky coaches who don't really know how to coach. There's lots of coaches that don't know the difference between coaching and therapy. There's lots of people that don't know the difference between consulting and coaching. They they can't understand that. A coach is like any coach. You're in the people encouragement business. I was a high-powered consultant. I can tell you the difference. As a consultant, you're hired because you know the answer. And you're going to come in and you're going to figure this out. And you're going to tell them what to do and do this and do that. And you better know it because they're paying you a boatload of cash to come <laughs> and know this. A teacher is someone that just shares knowledge. So many coaches like social media coaches and this and that. They're really teachers. They're going to teach you something and then they're expecting you to do it. A coach is the person that comes to help you, encourage you, hold your hand, hold you accountable, kick your butt and be do something different. Maybe they have subject matter expertise, but I have clients that I don't know anything about their business but I know how to get people to show up differently so that then they can leverage the opportunities that they were afraid of not seeing and hiding from. I got a pharmacy owner. I don't know anything about running a pharmacy. No, I got a not. guy that has a marketing agency in Chicago. I know something about marketing online, but he's an importer and does a whole bunch of stuff. He's been a client for seven years. I get a guy that's a very high level dude in an MLM multi-level marketing in Australia selling a very expensive health device. I don't know any, I, I don't like MLM, but I know how to get people to be new people, powerful, you know, love themselves and show up that way. So that's the difference. And so what you, so that was part one. Mm-hmm. Part two is what do you look out for? Well, you yeah. look out for people that don't know what they're doing. And here's how you know that. If the convert, if the coach won't have two or three long conversations with you, run away. If in those conversations, all they're doing is trying to sell you something, Mm -hmm. run away. Like it's coaching is like, um, samples. Like we used to go to Costco or stores like that and have samples, right? I mean, have dinner at Costco, all the samples. Now, I don't know if that'll ever come back, but whatever, right? <laughs> like when I get done working with the person before we even talked about hiring, if they're not experiencing, wow, I need more of this. H- how do we keep going? 
It's not about, oh, here's 10,000 people and I'm all these testimonials. No, 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 no. They have to personally experience powerful stuff inside or I'm not interested in having them as a client. That is great advice. If if they can't give you a Costco sample, if they can't discussion. move the needle right now in this conversation, if you're willing to tell the truth, I mean, you got to tell the truth and you got to all that stuff. But if they can't help you do something and they're not willing to do it to to show you what it feels like to be coached, run, find somebody that will. How important is to make sure that they are an accredited coach? Uh, it isn't. I have several accreditations and no one's ever asked me. I, I, you know, I had a lot of experience as a C-suite executive and big dog, this, that, and the other. And when I left that in 2007, I looked online and decided I want to be a coach and knew I had the skill set from my experience, Mm -hmm. but I went and got some certifications and nobody's ever asked that. It depends on how you feel and the results you get. So I wouldn't, I've never asked anybody, my coaches, are you certified? True. Who certified you? Can I look at their curriculum and make sure I think it's good? Like, that's the stupidest thing in the world, in in my mind. I'm not saying well, anything. Well, well, it's true, because if, if I think about it, uh, right, if if I ask that, for example, then you can say, okay, who certified them? And then who certified them? And who certified them, right? It'll yeah. never end, right? Right. So, okay. But you still, you still do it for yourself, just, I guess, for development or, or whatever it may be. I'm always in a coaching container. I'm really good and I'm pretty expensive as coaches go. I'm always hiring coaches. I paid a lot of money and I still do for coaching. And because why? Because I'm in the personal development business. And if I'm not on my game and I'm not razor sharp and leveling up and reading and getting coached and Mm -hmm. doing that, then I'm not serious about my craft. Yeah, no, that, that that makes sense. That makes sense. It's like it's like uh, you know a hockey player that stops practicing, right? How long it's, is he going to be in the first set? Yeah, he's 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 not going to stay in the NHL for long. That's for sure. Yeah. So, um, what what I wanted to and and I I made reference to it earlier is not necessarily just myself, but. I've always, I'm going to ask you something, and I've always tried to, not to quantify it, but to put it down in processes. But really, how does a person go about finding their purpose in life? I don't know why I'm so obsessed with this, Kellen. I, I really am. I've I become obsessed with this. And I'm, I'm asking myself this question on a monthly basis. What's my purpose in life? Am I doing enough? Are my talents of the what I think the talents that I have, am I doing enough? Is it enough? Is it my purpose? Can I do more? How do you, where do you start? How do you, how does, how do people do this? Well, that's about six questions. So yeah. let's take them apart. Let's take our time. We have number time. One right? is, yeah, number one is where do I start? Here are four places to start. Okay. Number one, go at everything with the idea of serving others. How can I be of most value to others? Okay. Number two, ask people who know you because things that you are naturally good at, things that you do easily and well that other people find difficult are 
a, it's not necessarily only that, but it's a clue. So ask people that know you well, ask your mentor, ask your wife, what do you think I'm really good at? Don't say things to make me feel good. I'm just really mm -hmm. curious. So start with service in mind. Number two, ask people who know you well. Number three, look to your adversity. The hardest, most difficult, rotten, painful mess you've ever made in dealing with and overcoming that, you have developed a specialized empathy that only comes from walking through that fire. Hmm. So turn your hardships into gold. I love that. You're, you have a specialized empathy. The only question is, are you willing to use it to serve? Okay. And the fourth thing is God gave us our gifts and talents. He didn't do it for fun. Well, I think I'll give you this. And <laughs> mm, I think I'll give you that. And I know you really like this, but forget that. I'm going to have you like, come on. You wouldn't do that to your kids. So it doesn't make any sense that that's okay. So then you have to assume that the gifts and talents that you have were things that you may have developed before you came here. Ask, like develop a deep relationship with the divine, whatever you call it. You can call it the universe. You can call it spirit. You can call it mother earth. You can mm -hmm. call it God, but ask, develop your intuition and start learning to listen. I mean, we all hear those naysayers, nah, 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 yeah, you can't do sure. this, you won't do that. Well, turn those down, learn to be still and develop that intuition. So do it for service for others. Ask everybody that knows you what you're good at and explore things you really like and feel good about doing. Number three, look to your adversity. What has ripped your heart out that you've gotten past? And number four, talk to your, develop your spiritual relationship with a true desire to serve and to find those things. You'll find them. I thank you so much for that because I was listening deeply when you, as you were saying that. And I, th I think I did listen to people because they told me, Luigi, you have a voice, uh, use it. You have a voice, go into politics. Maybe you can make a difference. I'm like, well, no, politics, I, I wouldn't last a week. Uh, how <laughs> I'd probably end up dead, but that's another story, Khaled. So um, I said, okay, I've always had a, my mom always told me I had a big mouth. <laughs> so I said, what better way to, to, make people aware of of issues that are going around in the world making people aware of great human beings like yourself that do exist and some other guests that i've had guests that make you laugh through comedians or whatever i've had so many array so i i i could i could honestly say i think i have i think i have i think maybe this was my calling if you want if, if i could use that with my purpose in life and maybe you could find one and just maybe create another one. I would. I would start with what you have and then say, how else can I use this? Do I need to write a book or some stories? Do I need to help other people learn to find their voice? Mm -hmm. Do I need, you know, what do what else can I do? What else am I willing to do? 
Maybe I, the, the, the thing you discovered about being self-aware, how many people are affected by depression, sadness, frustration, loss, damage, and then they turn out to be jerks for a while and they don't even know it. You recognized it and you said, hey, I need not to do this. I need to find some help. So you went and did something about it. That process by itself is a transformative process because so many people aren't, are unwilling to ask those questions and recognize in themselves the need to change. But I find, you know, you mentioned it before, Colin, you, you, you had your awakening at, at 50, 52 years old. And, and I find that I've only been like this, you know, once I passed on, like I mentioned, I'm 46 and in my forties, when I start to say, Hey, Luigi, start doing some self-reflection here, start looking at your life. Are, are you, are you a good human? What's your purpose? Are you a good husband? Are you a good father? Um, what could you do better? What could you change? Um, that so, divine, so that divine intuition is your higher self, your divine self calling to you, requesting, requiring, asking if you want to level up. So then lean into it and say yes. So what? Why? Again, maybe I'm I'm shooting hot air here. Is it? Is it maybe with the experience of the life that maybe you, for example, you and I got it when we were older in in, in our lives? Or is that possible to have that at a young age, at a at a early twenties or thirties when you haven't really experienced love, loss? I know a couple of life? guys. I know a couple of guys. They're brothers. They grew up in Southern California. They decided in their twenties, late twenties, to go all in on helping people, adults. Uh, go after good music. So they created some choirs and some orchestras and they're volunteers. And now it's in five locations in Dallas, in Phoenix, in some place in Utah, in Idaho, and uh, in California, in Orange County. There's more than a thousand people involved and they perform with memorized music and all the hard classics and they're adding so much value and they started in their twenties. So it's absolutely possible. It's rare because usually I think it's rare, but it's usually when you've had some hard knocks, but I know them. I was in that choir. Yeah. I know them. Well, I helped one of them move when he moved to Phoenix. I mean, like I know him, he studied, he's got a master's in piano performance from Juilliard. Wow. His brother has a PhD in choral composition from the university of Cincinnati music school. And so they're like top flight. They've done stuff. Three of their albums charted number one on billboard. Okay. <laughs> and I'm on those. So I'm, you know, I did that. But these two brothers, I mean, they're like, holy cow. Yeah, so you can find it. I love stories like that. I just, I got goosebumps. I love okay. stories like that. Millennial choirs and orchestras. Look it up on YouTube. I, I will. Millennial choirs and orchestras. You'll be blown away at the quality. They got a choir for kids that are 6 to 8, 8 to 12, teenagers, adults, full-blown orchestras. The volunteer members of those orchestras are first chairs in the community symphony orchestras. And they come, why? Because of the passion to do good. Amazing. Amazing. So you said something again that made me think of something. And it's going to relate to what I just said. Is it why why does the human psyche or the human experience create such beauty uh whether it be through writing a book writing a beautiful song and creating beautiful music as I, as i mentioned i'm a, a huge music fan uh or or 
but but these people that have created such beauty are damaged soul, souls or have been through traumatic experiences. And I bring it back to, I just recently lost my father and I lost my mother when I was 21 years old. I just turned 22. And that, that was traumatic for me, obviously. But you know what, Kellen? I went through a huge depression. Uh, the, not, not a depression, but because uh, I'm naturally a happy person. And I realized it was for the best at, at a young age. And I'm like, you know what? Let me get out of this. I realized that life is short and life is meant to be experienced and enjoyed and not sweat the small stuff. People say, you know, what did you learn? And, and that's literally what I, I learned, Kellen, at such a young age. And, and I said, I have to find at such a young age, I got, I got to find my purpose in life. I got to live my life. I got to do something good here because there has to be more than life. Because here she was 58 years old and she passed away. And I don't want to be that 58 years old and say, what the hell did I do with my life? So, so you, I, know there's a, answered, I know there's a lot there. <laughs> no, you've answered your own question again. And I'll tell you why. You made a choice. My experience is that every interaction with the divine, and I've had a bunch of them, mm -hmm. because after decades of depression and addictions and everything else, I had a divine intervention in 2007. But they're always issued as invitations. And it is up to you after your mom passed away or the things that happened for me in my life. It, it's up to you to say yes, to open, to say, OK, I do want to be more. How many people are there that have some experience in their life? They were abused. A loved one passes away and they live locked away from that angry and frustrated forever mm -hmm. or for decades until they finally say, wait a minute, I'm not doing this anymore. Or they die that way. Yeah. So you said at 22, uh, you know, I don't want to do that. But that was you yes. accepting an invitation to discover and live in a different way. And that's what we need more of. That's what I'm in the business of. And so are you. The people encourage business. There are no barriers. We make them up. You're free to live locked up if you want your whole life. Why would you do that? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's so true. And so my last question would be, just to go back to what I was saying before, is why do so much of these tormented souls with, with traumatic childhoods end up making such beautiful art, music, poetry, books? Why? So, you know, I almost can ask you, like, could you possibly do that without being a damaged soul? <laughs> I'm not going to give the answer because I'm not the creator. Of course. I'm going to tell you what I think, and it relates to how you find your divine purpose. Mm -hmm. You've heard the phrase, your mess becomes your message. Yes. You have what I said. You said, how do you find it? I said, look to your adversity. Those people who True. have been broken, smashed, abused, had their bouts with sadness and addictions and pain and death and illness have developed an empathy and a connection to the divine that allows them to bring these things into existence. And that's why it's like, if you haven't suffered, it's hard to create things that have mm. that power. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to 
I was having a conversation with a friend the other day and uh, he said something to the, you know, why do people walk away from a friendship? We're talking about friendships. Why do uh, people walk away from friendship or so quick to shit on someone when that person goes through an addiction, goes through, oh, it was my previous guest, actually. He's a specialist in recovering addictions and he helps other addicts. And why are people so quick to to shit on these people? Oh, I can't be seen with him. He he's an addict. He's a he's a recovering gambler. He's a this. But you know what, Kellen? I look at my my friends and how they never judged me and vice versa. And all the shit that we've been through together since we were kids, never once did we say, you know what, bro, you really messed up. But you know what? I'm still here. I'm still here. I'm still here. We're gonna help you. We're gonna get through this together. And, 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 you know, never once did the group of friends, the core friends that we're still friends 40 years later, did we walk away from each other. So that principle that you're teaching right there is really important. And here's how I would say it. Even if your, like your core friends didn't, my family and everyone did, and I was alone, but the principle is you're really never alone. Because this life, this existence was designed to grow and test us. And even if every person in your life has abandoned you, your creator has not. And the most important thing to develop is your connection with the divine. Find your divine purpose. Listen to that thing. Go get wherever from above or from wherever you need to go the kind of help that you need even a little even start because the the ant the other road is give up die wither shrivel we all know where that goes yeah we do yeah and there's nothing sadder than uh, a life lived without meaning to me i totally agree there isn't I totally so agree. on that note i hope everybody watching and listening um has taken just a little bit of what Kellen has shared with us tonight. I know I have. It's been truly insightful. Kellen, I, I, I thank you from the bottom of my heart. I really, really enjoyed this conversation. I really did. And um, I thank you from the bottom of my heart. Um, tell us, uh, tell the listeners where, I mean, all your, your social media link tree is going to be on the show notes, but tell them where they could find you. You know, with a name like Kellen Flukiger, <laughs> I'm really easy to find. If you Google my name, there's thousands of hits because mm -hmm. of my executive stuff, YouTube, LinkedIn, Facebook. There are literally two Kellen Flukigers out of eight billion. The other <laughs> one is my son. And okay. So I'm not hard to find. I've got books on Amazon. I've got books and podcasts on Spotify. If you want to connect on Facebook, you can send me messages and at, you know, I'm happy to talk to whoever if you want to have a conversation and explore anything. So um, I'm easy to find. And, awesome. and so you can't, nobody can say I couldn't find you. Nonsense. Excellent. Once again, thank you so much. Keep doing what you're doing. I uh, enjoyed this again. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. So, uh, Kellen, stick uh, stick around. We'll uh, we'll have a chit chat off air, and I hope you uh, all have a merry Christmas because it's currently the twenty third. So Christmas is just around the corner. Merry Christmas and a happy new year. We'll be back the fifth of June, 
uh, excuse me, of January, not of June, uh, with episode 49. So we're, we're creeping towards the 50. Again, Kellen, thank you so much. Stay on. Have a great evening, everyone. You're welcome and thank you. And again, I want to honor you for the work and good that you're bringing to those you're helping. Thank you again, Kellen. Thanks for listening to the Agree to Disagree show. Make sure you like, subscribe, and tell all your friends about it. Until next time.